Hey there, Edge of Friends. Welcome to the PL Playbook Podcast, a show about all things related to professional learning and education. I'm your host, Jackie Weinkoop, proud Pennsylvania educator, secondary instructional coach, and co-founder of Belfont Reads, a dedicated group of book lovers with a mission to put quality books in the hands of children and families. Before we dig into today's episode content, I'd just like to say that I'm so excited about the number of listeners who signed up to take part in my first ever summer book club. We'll be reading and discussing the PD book, Seven Habits That Transform Professional Learning, written by Elena Aguilar and Lori Cohen. Of course, this learning opportunity is totally free. It's just a great way to connect with educators from across the globe to talk about best practices for PL. If you're interested, it's not too late to sign up. Our group won't be meeting for a couple of weeks. At a minimum, pick up a copy of the book. It's a fantastic resource. Okay, let's keep things moving. You're in for a real treat today as you hear my conversation with Gina Finito and Katie Fuchs. They both work for Collaborative Classroom, a nonprofit organization with a mission to ensure that all students become readers, writers, and thinkers who learn from, care for, and respect one another. Gina is the Vice President of Implementation for the Center for the Collaborative Classroom, while Katie manages the Collaborative Coach Platform. In addition to developing high-quality curricular materials, the organization is also committed to enhancing professional learning for teachers and other school leaders. Specifically, this episode centers around Collaborative Coach, an asynchronous online coaching platform that provides personalized, program-specific, one-on-one coaching for individual teachers, coaches, and leaders. Take a listen to hear about this innovative PL experience and how it has shifted teacher practice. Okay, so I am so excited to welcome two very special guests to today's podcast. Um, I want to introduce Katie Fuchs and Gina Benito. So if you two don't mind sharing a little bit about yourself with listeners to give them a little bit of background, that would be awesome. Thank you, Jackie. I'm Gina Benito. I'm the Vice President of Implementation at Collaborative Classroom, and I've been an educator going on about 29 years now. I can't even believe that. Um, 12 of those have been at Collaborative Classroom. But prior to that, I worked not only in districts, but across the state of Florida, really honing in on uh, professional learning. And so I think this opportunity to come and talk about professional learning is such an important part of the work. You know, I started as a classroom teacher and then didn't realize there were other roles in education and got introduced to particularly to the role of coaching. And when I transitioned to that role, whether it was at the school site or working across districts in the state of Florida, I was... Um, that's where my heart grew. That's where I knew that passion for teaching and learning and how do we help each other kind of build our craft so that we can better meet the needs of students. So there's nothing better than for me to come together and talk about professional learning with you as well as with my colleague, Katie. Yeah. So Katie, if you don't mind sharing about yourself for a second there too. Yes, my name is Katie Fuchs and I am the Collaborative Coach Manager at Collaborative Classroom. Like Gina, I've been an educator for many years. I was just doing the quick math in my head, and I think I'm coming up on 18 years as an educator. I was a classroom teacher and interventionist, and then I spent the last four years at my 
school as a literacy coach. And like Gina, I have a real passion for literacy, a passion for sort of unlocking that code for a lot of our youngest readers and delving deeper with our older readers to have them love reading and find the joy within that. And so I'm thrilled to be coming alongside you and what you do in professional learning. And I was thrilled when I got this job with Collaborative Classroom as we're thinking about coaching in a unique way. And I'm happy to share that with you today. Yeah, and it sounds like we all have a lot in common because I'm super passionate about literacy. Um, of course, passionate about professional learning, but also really passionate about coaching. I truly think that coaching is like the best gig in the world. And I always tell any educator who's considering going in that direction that they won't regret it. It's hard to leave the, leave the classroom, but to be able to impact teachers and even more kids on a greater scale, there's just really nothing like it. So I appreciate you two being here. So we are going to talk a little bit about, well, actually the main focus of today's podcast episode is about the collaborative coach. But before we get into that, would one of you mind sharing a little bit with listeners about the Collaborative Classroom and that organization? I'd be happy to do that, Jackie. And so Collaborative Classroom is a mission-driven nonprofit organization. And our goal is to ensure that students become readers, writers, and thinkers who care for and respect one another. But we do that in two very specific ways. We do that through the design of our curriculum, so we believe that putting high quality curriculum materials in the hands of teachers can help to achieve that goal of developing our literate students in that kind of a classroom environment that we hope for all students to be able to engage in. And in addition to that is we cultivate that implementation. What does it mean once we purchase a curriculum to critically think about implementing that curriculum? What do teachers need to know? What do leaders need to know? What do districts need to know? What's the systemic approach, as well as what's the day-to-day -day approach as we think about teachers, students making those decisions, kind of using that phrase, what does it look like when the content meets the students? And so Katie and I both are honored to work on the implementation side. So coming alongside those schools and districts post-purchase of one of our curriculum, and really driven around that idea around program-specific professional learning. And so when we think about that, one of the things we've been cultivating is what does it mean to surround teachers with a systems of support? What are the systems of support that need to be in place? What are those conditions for learning that help a teacher not only implement a new curriculum, but do that critically for the students that they have in front of them year after year? And so what we do is we think about the kinds of professional learning activities we can provide, whether they're synchronous or asynchronous. Um, from our synchronous work, which might be in person, which might be virtual, which might include um, PLCs, planning sessions, um, coming alongside and modeling, co-teaching, conferring, um, working with students so that we really get a flavor for that work. Two, what are the asynchronous resources that we can have readily available for teachers so that they can continue to develop and hone their own craft? And so that's actually what got us to the idea around collaborative coach was thinking about that system, the way we can provide support and how we can really engage teachers in that. And when we think about a thread that's through all of that is this idea 
around leveraging our curriculum in terms of this educative curriculum, educative curriculum. Um, and so when we think about educative, it's really important for us to design curriculum that we don't just teach from, that we're trying to elevate the teaching experience. There's uh, how do we learn about planning? How do we learn about teaching? How do we learn about the different aspects of reading and writing so that we're more adept at making those um, instructional decisions to meet the needs of our students? And, and that all sounds great. And honestly, before uh, your organization reached out to me about potentially joining the podcast as a guest, I had never heard of the collaborative classroom. So of course, like any good podcast host, I did research and and did a, did a lot of reading about your resources, about the types of things that you all offer. I read the article that you that you wrote um, specifically about the collaborative coach, and we know that best practices for professional learning are ones that are individualized to teacher needs, that are carefully crafted and cultivated to make sure that whatever that teacher needs as far as supports, that they're being provided that and that option to do synchronous learning experiences, but also asynchronous learning experiences. So I know you ended there really talking about how the collaborative coach idea came about. So Katie, if you don't mind sharing with listeners about collaborative coach, maybe how it got started, how you're involved, whatever your role is, but most specifically how listeners might be interested in either reaching out to get those services for themselves or somehow replicating that service within their own district. So I know that's asking a lot. So whatever you want to say about Collaborative Coach is great. Yeah, absolutely, Jackie. And so Collaborative Coach was really born early in the pandemic, and we learned a lot of things from the pandemic. We know that it had a lot of great hardships, but we had to pivot as did everyone else and really pivot to virtual professional learning, coming alongside teachers that we had typically sat side by side with and shift that to think, how can we do this across the country through our computers? And so we were thinking about ways to make this a video-based professional learning. And so Collaborative Coach is asynchronous, personalized, video-based professional learning for educators who are currently using our curriculum. And we have a wide range of curriculum that we partner these teachers with. So as we were considering this, and this was really the work of our CEO, Kelly Stewart, she partnered with another company that had done something similar with doctors and lawyers coming alongside them asynchronously. We were thinking of how can we use this with our current programs and coaching teachers? And so we know what works in professional learning, and we wanted to elevate this to the coaching platform. So as it is asynchronous, we found so many benefits that we didn't know existed. So for example, there's a great benefit of teachers not being tied to having to do their response to their coach in a specific time and a specific space. Oftentimes teachers might respond during their lunch hour to their coach or at night in their pajamas, whenever they feel comfortable and they're ready to come alongside their coach and complete one of those coaching activities or complete a reflection. We found a couple other things that were interesting too. For example, we all have all been coaches. We've all sat side by side with an educator and perhaps we've been coaching them and we've been nodding or interrupting or asking a million questions as I know something I did. And something that we do in Collaborative Coach that's unique is we ask the teachers to create videos of themselves, either teaching or thinking about something that we've prompted them to. And they have five to seven minutes to talk to themselves and record a video. 
And something magical happens in those five to seven minutes when they're sitting in their own moment, they've read through their manuals. Sometimes they even coach themselves and they have great reflections, really deep insights and so much work that it might've been different if we were sitting beside them and interrupting or nodding. And we also have them have this ability to do that because we've cultivated a deep relationship, which can be strange thinking of I live in Florida and I coach teachers that live in Washington literally the other side of the country. But something we've striven, strived to do at the beginning of Collaborative Coach is develop a relationship, get to know the people that we're working with, the coach and the teacher end, so that teachers are able to feel vulnerable to let us in their classrooms, record a video of themselves teaching, and then able to ask all those questions that they've been wondering about and maybe don't have access to a coach. We know in the pandemic that subs are very tricky to find. We know that coaches are spread thin. Sometimes they're going across multiple buildings. And so this has been a great avenue for us to be able to say, we have collaborative coach. We can come alongside you for an eight-week cohort or more and be able to do one-on-one -on -one coaching to meet their specific needs. So they might've been sitting in their brick and mortar building, having a couple questions, but they don't see their, their school coach for another week or two. And we're able to answer that question very quickly. We try to respond within 48 hours. That when you were talking, there's a lot of things I want to touch on. And actually, I've been taking some copious notes here as you both are talking. But I think one of the biggest things is is the relationship piece, because I know for me as a coach and any anybody who's been in a coaching role knows that you're really not going to make true impact and have true change if you don't form those relationships first, because you have to be able to build that level of trust with the teacher so that they feel comfortable being vulnerable with you. They feel comfortable, you know, recording themselves, like you said in the lesson, or just speaking freely um, from their mind about the struggles that they're facing. So I know you said you, you do some things to build those relationships, but being that it's all virtual, do you have any examples of what that might look like? Like that pre, that pre-relationship piece? Yes. So one of the first things that we do is we ask for them to do two things. We assign them an introduction activity and it's two parts. The first part is we just want to know all about them. So we give them an opportunity to talk about themselves, which helps them to be able to test out their recording, get their wiggles out because it feels weird. We know talking to a screen by yourself, but we want to know all about them. So we have a set number of questions that we ask them to tell us about themselves. And oftentimes they tell us more and we're able to get so much insight into them personally and professionally. And then from them, our coach will respond and make any connections that they have. The second thing that we ask them to do, and we ask teachers to really reflect in Collaborative Coach is to complete a questionnaire. And so this has them thinking about the program specific work that they're doing, what's going well, and what they might want to lean into a little bit more to received personalized coaching around. And so we have specific drop-down items that they can choose from, as well as they submit a personalized goal. And we're always working towards what is the goal that they wanna meet across this eight-week cohort. And the coaches are thinking as they're assigning these coaching activities and coming alongside them in that learning, are we meeting that goal? Do we need to adjust it? And what still might they need to do? Well, and you answered, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Gina. I just thought it might be particularly interesting to you is that I would say when we are early in the launch of Collaborative Coach, that's the space we worked on the most. Um, so like the kind of the coaching activities, um, how to come alongside folks to elevate their instructional decision-making, um, how to think about their student, that actually 
um, felt more, I don't want to say easier, but um, more efficient for us in terms of the original design, but it was working on how do we build relationship? How do we build safety? How do we get folks to even make that first video? Um, that's, we actually have crafted and Katie's worked really hard to refine that over the cohorts to make it as effective as possible so that we're hitting that re that target of building relationships so that we can deepen the coaching. Yeah, I think I think that that relationship piece is critical. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that's something, especially in an asynchronous type of environment, whether it be just typical webinars or learning experiences, all the way to something that's more personalized, like coaching, you have to focus on those relationship first if you want to make that impact. Um, one of the other questions that I was going to ask, which you actually kind of brought up, was the idea of coaching topics. So if a teacher is assigned, I don't know if they're assigned or if they, if it's optional, so maybe you can elaborate on that too, but let's say that I was assigned to be working with a collaborative coach. So are there things that I can pick from, like topics I can choose to focus on, or is it truly cultivated to whatever my own individual needs might be related to that curriculum implementation? So I will start first, Katie, and I'm just thinking a lot about the fact that one of the things we're trying to do is elevate the curriculum folks have in hand. So when we think about that, our curriculum, um, we design kind of elements of effective implementation or ways that folks can think about effectively implementing their program. And so we often start there because one of the things we want to do is we want to make sure that they understand they have the tools and resources in their hands to elevate their own planning and reflecting. We're just right now kind of guiding them through that process and elevating the program materials so that they can utilize them effectively. And so when we think about that initial reflection that they're doing in the questionnaire, we're guiding them into considering their own, the curriculum they have in hand. We have very specific questions that go alongside that so that their goal is, is not only attuned to their needs, and their student needs, but how do we leverage the part of our curriculum that's helping them gain access to that learning? Katie, what might you add? Right, and so while we do have specific coaching activities, which are fine-tuned to highlight all of the things that we have available in our resources, they're also just a jumping off point. So they start the conversation and then the coach can take it in whatever direction the participant decides that they might need to go. We also often share resources like videos and blogs, and we have some great, nerdy, thoughtful conversations with each other about the topics, about reading and literacy. And then we're able to really continue to develop that relationship through, you know, opening ourselves up and they open up with us, but also making sure that everything is grounded in our materials and grounded in our resources. So Collaborative Coach lives on our learning portal, which is our digital resources. And so we will often direct the educators in Collaborative Coach to paths where they can find things on the learning portal so that when we leave them eight weeks from now or whenever, they are able to find that path again because they've had practice going through that. And they're able to share those resources, perhaps with colleagues or if they're a coach with teachers that they might want to work with in a PLC. And, and what are, so you, you mentioned a couple of times the activities that teachers might engage in over this, you know, eight week, 10 week period. What might some of those activities look like where you as the coach are kind of prompting the teacher to do this and then they're kind of submitting that back to you? What, what does that look like on their end? So the coaching activities vary, which is a very, it depends answer, but 
Some of the coaching activities are encouraging teachers to read perhaps a section in the teacher's manual. Our introduction and appendices are robust and they contain a wealth of information, perhaps the scope and sequence and assessments, but also about theory and research. And we want participants to know the why behind some of our routines and some of our work. And that helps them to be able to teach as intended, which we would like them to. Some of the other routines, or I'm sorry, the other coaching activities would then be them recording themselves, teaching a lesson. Perhaps they wanna focus on being clear, consistent and concise in their routines. So we ask them to be very, very brave, open up their camera and record themselves teaching a lesson. And then their coach is able to give feedback. And in some of the activities that are them doing something, we also have a second part where they're reflecting. And so every coaching activity requires the educator to reflect on the work that they did through that process. And after the, the cohorts end, I often meet with the teachers and we fill out a survey and all of the teachers have said that collaborative coach has created them to be a more reflective educator. It was almost like we forced them to do an collaborative coach. They thought deeply about things perhaps that they hadn't thought about before. And further they go in their teaching career or in their school year, they're thinking, I wonder what my coach would think about this or my coach might say this as they're thinking deeply about the work that they're doing with themselves and with their students. Well, you must be reading my mind. I could probably show you my notebook right now, but it totally looks like a hot mess. But I literally wrote down and circled teacher reactions, question mark, because I wanted to know, you know, from the teacher side of things, because I could I could sense probably a little bit of apprehension initially, as with any sort of coaching relationship, especially if it's not something they're comfortable with. And again, that whole vulnerability piece. But I was curious as to the teachers that participated in collaborative coach um, what their overall reactions were in the experience. So thank you for sharing that. And if there's anything, Gina, that you wanted to add on to the impact that collaborative coach has had on individual teachers or a school or district level, you, you can feel free to do that as well. Sure, I do. There's a couple of things I think about from that conversation. And I think that Katie can elaborate even more, but one of them is we've also tried to think systemically. Obviously, a coach-teacher relationship is personal and private, and we never want to share the details of that out. But there are trends. There are things we can learn across teachers in one location or one district. And so we, Katie's very deliberate about having those kinds of conversations with leaders. What do we learn about in the trends and what impact might that trends have to the synchronous professional learning we might also be providing? In addition to that is we've had the unique opportunity in two different ways to partner with educators themselves. One has been through coaches who are actually coaching the curriculum, giving them the, the I think the gift, the gift of being a few steps ahead of the teachers where they've been able to engage in Collab Coach to prepare them to do the coaching they're doing. And even they've reported that they can mimic a lot of what we've done with them in their own coaching model. And then secondly, is those teachers who have gained um, that thirst for reflection or that um, really appreciating having somebody come alongside them. We have a large number of teachers who have also chosen to continue, have mm -hmm. done more than one cohort because they wanna develop them their own selves. And I think that's the best testament to um, professional learning that's really meeting their needs. Katie, yeah. I'm wondering if you might add to that. Right, so I was just gonna say that is the best testament is we have educators who will continue cohort after cohort. 
which we appreciate because sometimes in the initial cohort, we have to think deeply about are the routines being taught as intended? Or do they understand the program? Do they understand the why? And then as they go further into additional cohorts, we can get much deeper into instructional decision-making, analyzing mastery tests together. And so we often will continue to partner the same coach with educator across multiple cohorts, which continues to deepen the relationship, allows them to be even more vulnerable and continue that work as well. And I also wanted to highlight what Gina was sharing about partnering with leadership. And so we found great value in partnering with leadership so that the educators who participate know that we are invested in the work that they are doing and so are their leaders. I'll meet with the leadership a couple times across the cohort, just like Gina was saying, to share general trends and to keep them involved. But I will never say any specific names of educators because we wanna keep that sacred relationship between the teacher and the coach. And that also again helps build that relationship between the teacher and the coach. When we're thinking about what Gina was sharing about coaches that participated, we had a large group of coaches that participated. What we found was that they were so thankful for that experience because it gave them the buy-in for the educators at their school to say, I did this. I found it to be very meaningful. It impacted my education. It impacted me as a teacher and it impacted my students. And then they're able to pass that on forward to their teachers. And so when we do collaborative coach, we have a chiclet that we add onto their learning portal and it's available for a full year. So they're able to go back in there and perhaps think of an activity that they did with their coach and re replicate that for teachers with a PLC or just one specific teacher. And we want all that work to be generative so that they can carry it forward and make it meaningful for themselves, but all of the educators that they work with. Well, and as, as a coach myself, as you all were talking about, of course, the option for coaches to work with the coach that they can then turn that around to teachers. I think that's really critical because, you know, sometimes educators have the misconception that the, the coach knows it all. The coach can do it all, which hello. I mean, I can test, you know, be a testament to that myself. I absolutely do not. And I'm learning alongside teachers when we get a new resource or we get a new type of, you know, learning strategy that the district might want us to implement. I mean, I'm right there with them. So I need that support as well. And by providing me that support, that's just going to make me more comfortable and then supporting the teacher. So I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm really also glad that you brought up the fact that even though you're not a coach within the school, right? You're from that outside setting that you're still staying true to what I think is really important to best coaching practices, which is, you know, keeping teacher confidentiality in mind. Because if we want teachers to be able to open up and be vulnerable, they have to trust us. And they have to know that we're not going to be running to the, to the leadership or to the principal to kind of tattle on them when things might not go right. Like we are there solely as a support. So I'm really glad that your organization follows that as well. Um, Another question I had was you talked about the the coaches and how if, if a teacher might be in multiple cohorts that they stay as much as possible with that same coach. So overall, how many, maybe you don't know off the top of your head, but overall, how many coaches do you have that support teachers across the United States in this collaborative coach? So we currently have 20 collaborative coaches. They all have specific programs that they have chosen to be the collaborative coach for, but we have many that are nimble that can go between multiple of our programs of our collaborative literacy suite as well. Okay. And I know, I'm, I'm guessing because you collaborative classroom is a curriculum organization, right? So you guys develop curriculum materials. Is the collaborative coach a part of 
the professional learning package if a, if a district were to purchase materials from collaborative classroom or is that an add-on or if maybe we don't use your materials is there still the option to have collaborative coach what is, is that a possibility so I think there's a world of possibility in that, Jackie. Um, so first, I think I might add that one of the things that we strive to do is once a district or school has chosen to select our programs is we like to come alongside and engage what we call implementation planning. So we get a chance to learn about their goals. We get a chance to really craft a professional learning plan for either that year or multiple years, because as we know, systemizing something takes more than, than a year. And so we try to think about where in that would collaborative coach best fit and who might be the first folks um, to even um, endeavor into that. I will say one of the things that's really interesting is that getting folks to understand what a asynchronous model of coaching looks like. So that's why having those maybe early implementers or a subset like coaches starting collaborative coach actually helps us gain momentum for other teachers accessing that because it could feel quite different than other coaching experiences that folks have had. Um, for that, for them. In addition to that, is we also will craft um, district-specific cohorts to really meet their needs. Um, right now, we've been working in the space around building our own curriculum because um, it makes sense, obviously, for our work right now. But also, it's allowed us to really fine-tune the tool. So, in the future, we're we've definitely have thought about can the collaborative coach work as its own entity, but allow for coaching to happen um, kind of what might seem typical across a school day for a coach, like in your own work. So it's definitely something we're opening to um, uh, uh, the opportunity to allow, but right now for us, fostering the development and the growth of our programs, it makes sense to partner them together. No, that makes perfect sense. And I do think there is something that could be marketable in that direction. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as maybe having it as a separate entity for sure, because, you know, some districts can't afford coaching role. And so that could be a way maybe, you know, it would cost less money and it would maybe be less time, but it still gives teachers that option. So perfect. Okay. So we are down to about 10 minutes. So we still have a little bit of time, but before we jump into our closing questions, which are the same three questions I asked all of my podcast guests, is there anything else the two of you would like to share about Collaborative Classroom or about Collaborative Coach that we didn't touch on through our conversation? I think there, I think the passion that we have around helping teachers foster their own their own craft of teaching, um, you see that in the design of our curriculum, you see that in the design of our professional learning, and you see that in the way that we um, really believe in this collaborative approach. Um, collaborative classroom means something to us, not just in what we want for students, but the kind of relationships we want to have that the educators were coming alongside, and that I think collaborative coaches one of many ways that we strive to do that, but that's something that's truly important to us in the space that we work. Great. Katie, anything you'd like to add? No, just to add on to what Gina said, that's truly is how we feel at Collaborative Classroom about Collaborative Coach. I know we've said the word collaborative numerous times, <laughs> but that's something that we firmly believe in as a company. And I just think that Collaborative Coach is so unique in the way that it can come alongside to educators at any point in their journey. It could be year one of implementation. It could be year two or three because it's personalized and meeting the teachers where they are and then going from there. 
Great, great. Well, thank you both so much. And after we after we talk about my last couple of questions here, I'll give you the opportunity at the end to share some contact information with listeners should they want to reach out um, to find out more about Collaborative Coach or Collaborative Classroom or just to connect with either of you two awesome ladies. So final questions here. I ask these questions to every podcast guest just as kind of like a general form of data, data collection. And I'm just also really curious to hear the answer. So my first question, and either of you or both of you can answer, that's fine is if you could briefly describe your worst professional learning experience and what made it so terrible without providing any personal identifying info. <laughs> uh, I'll kick us off, Katie, if you don't mind. Um, so I'm thinking about something I experienced a couple of years ago where I don't know if the facilitator was new or um, just confined in their knowledge but the the knowledge that they were providing didn't match our goals or our questions and that and even and when we asked those questions or asked to align with the goals they weren't able to be nimble enough to adjust accordingly and that just left us with some we were frustrated after because it was something we actually had to implement immediately and we didn't know how to implement it immediately because we wasn't meeting our goals at the time yeah, any type of professional learning experience that leads to frustration is never is never a good thing. Katie, did you want to add, add on to that or did you want to answer the next question? I'll answer the next one. Okay, all right, so coming at you. All right, so now you get the positive side. So think about one of your best professional learning experiences. What made it so memorable? And so I'm going to preface this by this is a little wild, but my best professional learning experience was with one of my colleagues right here. Gina. And so she had the opportunity to come to the school that I worked at and model a reading conference. And me and my co-teacher were diving into this curriculum, realizing that we were doing a lot of things that were perhaps not as they intended. And then the fact that this wonderful colleague of mine was able to come to our school, work with real students, give us a real experience to see what this should authentically look like as we all took notes and gathered around students listening to them read. And she probed their thinking. We had so many aha moments and we're charged and exhilarated to go back into our classrooms to do the same work. And I think that's what a great professional learning experience does. It makes you want to perhaps think differently and be able to do the work in your own room. Yeah, and I wish you all could see Gina's face right now because she has this awesome smile. As soon as Katie started talking, she's like, oh, I don't know if you knew that Katie was gonna share that or if that was a surprise, but your smile is, is, is awesome. <laughs> Uh, we actually did a little pre-conversation before this, Jackie, and I learned that then, and I was super shocked um, because I know Kay's been through a lot of professional learning, so I'm honored and shocked, but um, I also thought it might be interesting to share mine because it goes to exactly some of what we talked about with Collaborative Coach. My most um, effective professional learning experience was being um, developed as a coach. And that development happened with having side-by-side -side coaching. So I was coaching teachers, but somebody was coaching me at the same time. And having that kind of real-time um, opportunity for kind of somebody to whisper in your ear, somebody to really help you to cultivate that, that work. Um, and, and as well as kind of fine tune, like, how do you build relationship? How do you um, access the um, opportunity to come alongside a teacher in that way? And so it was many, that experience actually stayed with me. And of course was, you'll see many of those tenants in the work we did around collaborative coach. Great. I mean, we know everybody needs a coach. I mean, even Taylor Swift needs a voice coach, right? She doesn't do it all on her own. Um, okay. The last question here is if you could only give one piece of advice to those in charge of planning, 
uh, or facilitating professional learning experiences for educators, what would that advice be? I'm going to go with preparedness. I think going back to kind of my example of what was not effective, um, kind of the opposite of that, like planning with that end in mind, if we know the goals and we know what, our, what the outcome, what we hope to for educators to accomplish, that allows us to be confident and calm and prepared in the sessions or formats, um, just making decisions about formats and sessions in terms of what we might provide to educators. That's the thing I thought about when you asked that question. Great. Katie, anything you want to share? I share, or I was thinking about kind of what we do in Collaborative Coach is great for facilitating these professional learning experiences coming from a place of understanding and building that relationship. I understand. I have done this curriculum. Here's what I might want to share with you. Or here's my personal experience that could perhaps elevate what you're doing in your classroom, all the while building that relationship so that we're able to ask questions perhaps open our minds a little bit more and learn what we're supposed to be doing in this professional learning experience. Awesome. Great advice from both of you, Katie and Gina. Okay. So that ends our final questions here. Uh, I will put in the podcast notes, a link to an article that Gina wrote along with her colleague, Kelly Stewart. It's titled coaching anytime from anywhere empowers teachers and it was published in learning forward so i'll put that in the podcast notes as well as a link to collaborative classroom and collaborative coach and any information on that but as we wrap up here in the last two minutes um katie or gina is there if, if people are interested in getting in touch with you to find out more about the services that you offer or just connecting with you as educators what's the best way for them to do that Twitter is a great space to connect with me. Um, I know that in the title of the podcast, you'll be spelling our names um, in there because I know that Kate and I both have tricky days, but my handle is just gfudito. Um, and so definitely connecting there is the first can be the first way to start a conversation. Great. And Katie, what about you? Any Any way for people to get in touch with you? Yes, I would say the same thing on Twitter and on our website, collaborativeclassroom.org. If you click the drop down for professional learning to Collaborative Coach, all of those emails would go to me and I'd be happy to answer any questions. Okay, well, Gina and Katie, thank you so, so much for taking the time to chat with me today and for, for you to share just a little bit more about Collaborative Coach and the types of uh, services that Collaborative Classroom can offer to educators. So thank you again, and I hope you both have a great day. Thank Bye. you for having us. All right, friends, that music means we've entered the takeaway time portion of this podcast. What stuck with you about my conversation with Gina and Katie? What do you think about Collaborative Coach? Are your wheels spinning thinking of ways that you could replicate this type of coaching structure within your organization? Post your thoughts on Twitter using the hashtag PLPlaybookPodcast. Okay, so that's all for this episode. In closing, be sure to check out the links I've posted in today's show notes and consider connecting with Gina and Katie. As a reminder, don't forget to connect with me on Twitter at LidCoachJackieW. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or have ideas for future episode topics, take a moment to fill out the Google form found on my podcast page. Until next time, Edge of Friends.